The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour for you as we're going to be talking a lot of basketball in this hour, giving you guys some picks for this Wednesday college basketball card. And on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at some MLB season win totals. Tanner Kern, who does great work over as one half of the Fade the Public podcast and also does great work over at DraftKings, he's going to be joining me and we're going to be getting you guys set for what is going to be a fun-filled baseball season. So we've got a lot that is going down there, but we got to head to where it's a little bit chillier this time of year. We have to head to the Midwest because we do have some solid Big Ten action that is going to be going down on this Wednesday, well, we've got some big time action that's going to be going down for this Wednesday because this team has not been solid all season long. And as a team has been in a slide, but you know what? There's a chance for Ohio State to be able to make a two-game win streak happen. 679-680 on the betting board. The Ohio State University plays us in Maryland. Maryland is between a one-and-a-half to a two-point favorite, and your total it is between 137 and 137.5. Now, what I will say about Ohio State is that in a lot of their losses, they haven't been getting completely bludgeoned. A lot of these losses have been relatively close games against teams that aren't terrible. I'm not going to go out there and say that they've been losing by five to the uh, peak Golden State Warriors or anything like that. But you know what? They've been competitive. 
I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Maryland is going to be able to get it done, though. Maryland has been able to do a nice job with their defense. Now, last time these two teams played, Ohio State they lost that game by a count of 80-73. to 73. That was the game that was in Maryland. Both teams shot much better from three than they typically do, and this is not a Maryland team that is looking to get out there and play at any sort of a breakneck pace. Maryland in the bottom 50 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. Meanwhile, you've got an Ohio State team that they're clocking in right around 245th in the country in terms of total possessions per game, and the Ohio State defense gets a massive boost when they're at home. Overall, 169th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, but in a road slash neutral court environment, they give up 15.8 points more per 100 possessions than they do at home. Meanwhile, you've got a Maryland team that they actually, as strange as it sounds, improve with their defense when they're away from home. They're giving up six cents of a point fewer per 100 possessions away from home than they are at home. Very strange to say the least, but for Maryland, the big thing for them is figuring out any sort of three-point shooting because this Maryland team has a lot of guys that they do a nice job with their versatility. Jameer Young has been very good with 14 points, right around four and a half boards, four assists per game. You've got a pair of guys down low in Julian Reese, along with Dante Scott, that'll be able to combine for 13 rebounds per game. But for Maryland, they're going to benefit greatly from the fact that Zed Key is out of the full for Iowa State season is undoated injury. He was the team's top rebounder with right around seven and a half boards per contest. Now, what I will say is that they were able to get a lot in their last game out of Justice Suing. He and Bryce Sensabaugh both are giving you 5.2 rebounds per game, and they're the only two guys on the roster at this point that I'd be able to supply you with north of four and a half rebounds per game that are really going to be seeing some minutes. I would not be surprised if you see a little bit more out of some of the more ancillary pieces. I do think that we could see some more small ball lineups with some like a Tanner Holden, who really has not done anything since coming over from Wright State. He had that one buzzer beater. I think it was against Rutgers a few months ago, but past that has really not been a lot that we have been seeing out of him. Felix Opara is someone that, I think was going to be able to really ascend, but for Felix Opara, he only played eight minutes in the team's most recent game. It feels like he's been dealing with some injuries as well, so and it's not necessarily been terrific, and I think that this is probably going to be a case where he, if he does play, he's going to be rather limited, so you really don't have anywhere to turn to in terms of size for this Ohio State team, so Ohio State is going to have to go out there with a bunch of guards, and that's right up the alley of Maryland, who doesn't necessarily do the world's greatest job on the glass. You do have Sean McNeil for the Ohio State team. shoots right around 35.5% for three. And since the I mentioned a little bit before, one of the most underrated freshmen in the country. He's just been overshadowed by the fact that Ohio State has stunk on ice since the turn of the calendar. But he's been able to shoot 42.5% for three-point range. And both of these teams do a good job of being able to take care of the ball. Both of these teams fewer than 11 turnovers per game. I do think that things are going to be much more tame on the scoring front than they were the first time around. I do think that Maryland is going to do a good job with their defense against an Iowa State team that are just without their full complement of pieces right now, and they just have not been able to get a lot generated in general. I did make Maryland a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Their offense does take quite a bit of a downturn when they are on the road for Maryland, but at the same time, defense is right there, and I think that they're going to win with their defense. I did set Maryland as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, recognizing that Ohio State has been significantly better when they have been at home, but willing to continue to fade this Iowa State team. I'm going to be taking a look at Maryland in this ordeal, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under. Is it worth fading this team as a big underdog? 683, 684 on the betting board. 
We've got DePaul hitting the road to face off against UConn. UConn is a 17.5 to an 18-point favorite, and your total on this game is between 147.5 and 148.5. Now, the real question becomes, is it a case where UConn do it? Well, I don't think so. I said to Paul as an underdog of 16 points, I'm going to be willing to take those points. And the big reason why I'm going to be willing to side with DePaul in this ordeal is that they get back their main low post presence. Then that would be Nick Ungenda, who has been really good in the four games that he has played. He's averaging about 10 points, eight and a half rebounds. And he's, I'm not even kidding here, averaging 5.8 blocks per game. He's had 23 blocks in four games since he has come back for DePaul. Now that has gotten the DePaul Blue Demons a bunch of good hearty losses in this spam, but you know what? He's going to be able to match up a little bit better down low than, well, anyone else that DePaul has because UConn, they've got so many guys that just pound the glass. For UConn, each of your top five scores give you at least five rebounds per game. You've got, as I like to call him, Andre 3000 Jackson, who's been just able to do a little bit of everything for the team. Six half points, 6.3 rebounds, four assists, a steal. He's able to pop some threes. And then you've got Donovan Klingon, who's been able to give this team two blocks, seven half, re- seven half points per game for a UConn team that ranks in the top 25 nationally. There's points a lot on a per possession basis. Odama Sadogo, he makes things a go-go. 17 points, seven boards, shoots 37% from three with his versatility. But DePaul does have some scoring to their credit. Now, it's also a DePaul team that ranks in the bottom 80 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. It has been a mess to say the least. Last time these two teams played north of 160 points. We're up on the board between the two of them, but you've got Abaja Gibson, Javon Johnson. These two guys have been able to combine for 30.9 points with Gibson. He's able to give you 4.8 assists, nearly two seals per game. She's 42 and a half percent from three par range. Johnson shoots more in the neighborhood, about 40% from three par range. And Deshaun Nelson is someone that has been very much standing out to me as well. He has had a rough last two games with Angenda back in the full, but you take a look at him really since the turn of the calendar, and he's had at least nine points in every single game since January 1st. You take a look at him since January 1st, and overall he's been averaging 12.5 points, five boards. He's about 32% from three-part inches, a six-foot-eight, little bit of combo player. Do I think that DePaul is going to be able to win this game outright or anything like that? No, and I do think that you are going to be able to see some scoring in this game as well. I did set my total at a 148, so you're at a 147 half is what I've got at Circa. DraftKings is more around 148 and a half. A little bit torn. I'm going to be waiting to see how the slide moves in the AM. I would lean a little bit more to the 148 and a half under, but if we continue to see this line go downward because it did open up at the 148 and a half and quite a few books have shifted it downward, I'm going to be one taking over in this spot. Now with DePaul, made them a 16-point underdog. I see a little bit of value with them, and I'm going to be willing to take the points. And let's take a look at a team that has not seen a lot of value for them all year long, but they might be benefiting from what is a really, really bad situation. 697, 698 on the board. Rhode Island, it's the red face-off against Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago, and seeing the action come in on them. They opened up as a three-point underdog. Now they're, or they opened up a three-point favorite, I should say, Loyola Chicago. Now between a four to four and a half point favorite, and your total is between 134 and a half and 135 and a half. Loyola Chicago has been really grody against the spread. I mean, it's a bottom 10 team in terms of cover rate in all of college basketball, but now they're going up against a Rhode Island team that does not have really too much offense to speak of. They've got Ishmael Leggett, who's been able to give you about 15 and a half points per game, shoots in the mid 30s from three point range, but 
They lost one of their top scorers, Brayon Freeman, who was so instrumental in Rhode Island being not sorry. He was given the team 14 points, nearly three assists per game, shooting 34% from three-point range. He's now gone, which means among players that take at least one three per contest, Leggett is the only guy that is shooting north of 31% from three-point range for a Rhode Island team that has been a mess on offense. On defense, Rhode Island, I'm not going to say that they have been great or anything like that, but you know what? They're 124th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, giving up 2.3 points fewer per one-hour possessions when they leave home. And this is very strange to say, well, Chicago has been a mess on defense. They're 262nd in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis. And Loyal Chicago, a team that had so much discipline under Porter Mosier. They always did the little things right. They were so crisp. They played with their slow, controlled style. It's a Loyal Chicago team that under Drew Valentine, it's just been a joke. I mean, Drew Valentine has not done a good job with this program. Let's call it what it is. 15.3 turnovers per game while being a mid-tempo team is completely unacceptable. And it's not as if they've got bad three-point shooting or anything like that. You take a look at this loyal Chicago team, and among your top four scorers, three of them shoot at least 36.5% from three-point range of Braden Norris, Philip Olsen, along with Marquise Kennedy. Olsen, though, is the only guy on the roster that gives you north of 4.3 rebounds per game. But with that said, Rhode Island is all sorts of disjointed without having Freeman in the fold. They've been held below 60 points in two of their games. They've scored 71 points or fewer in all four. I'm going to be willing to lay it with Loyal Chicago, set them as a six-point favorite, and look at under. Semi-total at a 132, and whether or not we should be looking over or under on season win totals is the question that we're going to be posting next to Tanner Kern. He does a great job over at DraftKings, along with the Fade the Public podcast. We're going to be talking some baseball next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you are looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSN experts have got you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. VSN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSN shows and guests. Tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSN betting guides. For the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, daily props, and so much more. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. That is at vsin.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the Sports Bank Network, and great to be joined by this man. Tanner Kern does a great job at DraftKings as a man that breaks down a little bit of everything. I know that you've joined me to talk some NBA. You've joined me to talk some NFL. Now you're on to talk some baseball and Tanner. It's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, Greg, thanks for having me as much as I love the NBA and the NFL. Baseball is my favorite sport. So pumped about this. Absolutely. And before we dive into some of the season win total bets that you've got, how are you gauging this MLB season and has the adjustments with regards to the schedule along with the rules made any sort of an impact in the way that you're handicapping these teams? 
Well, the schedules definitely affect who I'm taking for my win totals. And then there's three new rules that are coming into play. Obviously, the pitch timer, shift restrictions, and the bigger bases. Pitch timer, we have to wait a little bit, I think, to see who handles it well from an offensive and a pitching standpoint. For the shift, though, that is going to come into play right now. I look at a guy like Sandy Alcantara, who was a top pitcher in baseball last season, widely regarded as one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. He played for a Marlins team that shifted 44% of the time, and he was bailed out a lot by the shift. So I'm not saying he's going to fall off the earth this year, but look for him to possibly take a step back. And then even a guy like Joey Gallo on offense, the twins signed a gold glove player that hasn't been able to hit. He's a sub 200 hitter in his career, but at the same time, this year could be a lot better for him. He's seen more shifts than anyone else in major league baseball since 2017. So if he can just hit the ball and beat the shift a couple times, I mean, he hasn't been able to beat the shift in his career. So uh, this year with both players, we with two players on each side of second base, really going to help him. Yep. No doubt about it. And Joey Gallo, there's always been a running joke that he's got more home runs and singles. And oftentimes when you take a look at his stats, he does have a lot more home runs and singles, which it's just so unique to say the least. So hopefully we could get that man a few more singles. That would be very nice. But I do think Definitely. that it is very interesting to take a look at a team that is a nemesis of my favorite team in the Milwaukee Brewers. But you can never bring fandom into sports betting. I do like where you're going with this one. The Chicago Cubs win total right now in a lot of places. We're finding it at a 77 and a half. And you like this one over. What has you believing in the Chicago Cubs this season? Because from noticing them last season, they honestly closed out the season relatively well. And in the last season, they were still given a lot of fight out there in August and September. The Cubs did a lot in the offseason. Now, there's a lot of what ifs. It's not like every player is going to come in and we know they're going to produce. But if they have some sort of production, this team definitely gets to that 77 and a half win mark. They won 74 games a year ago. And they got better. There's still plenty of things to work on here. But when you add Dansby Swanson, Cody Bellinger, Trey Mancini, Eric Osmer, and Tucker Barnhart, you're going to be in really, really good shape. And then you look at the rotation, which was not the weak point of this team last year. Defense was not the issue. It was the offense. Uh, Marcus Stroman, Justin Steele, Kyle Hendricks. It's a pretty good group. If Hendricks figures it out a little bit, this team could be a really good rotation in the NL Central. Uh, So I look at the offense, though, that is the one question mark, Cody Bellinger, especially if he can return to some level of his MVP form from 2019. I really do like him to get the job done. You look at the NL Central. It's not the greatest division in baseball, especially with what's going on in Milwaukee right now. Uh, Corbin Burns and the organization aren't really getting along there. So we don't know how that's going to play into things. Obviously, the Cardinals are leaps and bounds better than anyone in this division, in my opinion. But the Cubs have a great chance to go over their win total this year. Well, I am someone who grew up in the great state of Wisconsin. I can tell you right now, you don't want to be betting on good things from the Milwaukee Brewers. You will just be left heartbroken. You will be left disappointed. So the best bet to make on the Milwaukee Brewers is either disappointment or none at all. So (laughs) I do like where you're going there. And I do like where this organization is going as well. The Arizona Diamondbacks win total is 74 and a half. And the Diamondbacks need to find more offense and well, the bullpen needs to quit letting down these really, really good starting pitchers, including a guy in Zach Gallon, who I think has a shot to be able to win Cy Young. He is Zach good, but I know you're taking a look at the Diamondbacks win total right around 74 and a half. Which way are you leaning on this one? 
definitely taking the over here. You look at the top half of this rotation with Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly. It's really, really good. And it goes under the radar just because of who this team is. But watch out for Gallon and Kelly this season. Now, they added a lot of good talent. Gabriel Moreno, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. from the Blue Jays. They have the number two prospect in baseball in Corbin Carroll, who's going to contend for Rookie of the Year this season. And then an awesome power bat in Christian Walker. They won 74 games a year ago. And with the schedule change, they only have to face the Dodgers and the Padres 13 times. You look at the Giants, pretty mid-team, right? Uh, they're going to be around the 80-win mark. The Diamondbacks can play with them and pick up some extra Ws there. And then the Colorado Rockies just simply aren't going to be that good. So if they won 74 games a year ago, they got better in the offseason. They have a very good top end of the rotation. I really like this team to get to pushing 80 wins this season. I know that's saying something, uh, but 74 and a half is a little too low considering where they were last year, what they did in the offseason, and where I believe they're going to be this year. And I know that in the National League, another team that you're taking a look at, maybe not as much in terms of a season wins, but rather some futures is the San Diego Padres. The Padres are one of those rare teams that they're in a little bit of a smaller market, but they decided to spend big. We all know about the moves that they made at the trade deadline last year, bringing in the likes of Juan Soto, but they made even more moves during the offseason. This team has decided, you know what, we are going for it right now. Take me through what sort of features you've got on the Padres, a team that is looking to overtake the mighty LA Dodgers out there in the NL West. I mean, Greg, I got chills running through my spine thinking of the San Diego Padres team right now. They're that good and they continue to spend money, which I love. I want to see an owner in an organization that goes out and gets it and tries to win games. I don't want to see someone that sits back and says, you know what, let's just profit as a business. I want to see a team that goes out and wins. And that's what the Padres are trying to do right now. Let's start with the pitching staff, which isn't the focal point of this team, but it's still very good. You Darvis, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Michael Walker coming from Boston, who I loved absolutely love last season with them. And then Nick Martinez, he got Josh Hader closing games too. So uh, again, we go back to the Brewers. I don't know why they let him go last season. And then the lineup, which is very, very scary. Manny Machado, Xander Bogart, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. When he does return from his suspension, which won't be long. I mean, look at that core four right there. That's very, very impressive stuff. They were in the NLCS last season. They didn't have that spark to take down the Phillies, but now you add Tatis back, who missed all last season. You add Xander Bogarts. I'm a Boston fan, so that one hurts a little bit, but you add him there, it's going to help a lot. They have the firepower now to take the next step. Dodgers are tremendous. We know they're going to be great. Uh, they've won 100-plus games, I think, in three of the past five seasons. Don't quote me on that, but the, the Dodgers are the team to beat in the division still. When you look at this Padres team, though, they are hungry. They have the team to beat the Dodgers. And now with Los Angeles just losing Gavin Lux to the ACL, that doesn't help them either. So San Diego has a lot of momentum right now rolling into this season. I'll take them to win the National League at plus 475. Take them to win the World Series at plus 950. Uh, win the division, the NL West as well. Uh, this team's going to be good. Tanner, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers traded away our good friend in Josh Hader for Taylor Rogers and who I thought was going to be their reclamation project, and then also met who they probably DFA'd and is currently pitching for the Colorado Rockies. And I actually was saying, you're like, oh, they're going to get, try to kick the tires on Nelson Lamette. No, that was very, very disappointing, to say the least. And speaking of disappointments, the Boston Red Sox were last year as well. They're out in, in my opinion, perhaps the most loaded division from one through five in all of baseball in the American League East. 
Most places have their win total right around 78 and a half. Where are you leaning in terms of the Boston Red Sox, who they've got talent, but at the same time, they're going to be facing off against those really, really good teams out East. People probably aren't going to like this, but I'm going to take the over on 78 and a half wins. Now they opened at 77 and a half, I believe, and they've already gone up to 78 and a half because this Boston team is playing with a chip on their shoulders. And I absolutely love that. I'm from the Boston market. I'm in the Boston market every day. So I hear a lot about the Red Sox and this team is going to be better than people expect. Not a lot of people are happy with John Henry's leadership right now. He's made some mistakes, and that includes letting Xander Bogarts walk to San Diego. I think they should have tried to sign him. But let's give credit where credit is due. They locked Rafael Devers into a deal. That's going to be huge for them. They added to their bullpen with Kenley Jansen closing games. That's going to be amazing. And this team feels a lot like it did in 2021. Nobody believed in them. They have a chip on their shoulder. The AL East might be legit, but if players like Masataka Yoshida and Tristan Cassis can succeed in their new roles on this team, they're going to be in great shape. The Red Sox did decide to revamp the roster a little bit. And I do think that they made some good signings. You mentioned the gentleman that's coming in from overseas. That is going to be able to help them out as well. I did not want to butcher his last name, so I <laughs> left it there. But that said, I do take a look at this Red Sox team, and I do think that they're in solid shape. And we're always in solid shape whenever Tanner Kern joins me. We're going to be talking a little NBA with him next right here on the Great Peter Set Experience. I'm Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. In addition to the new shows that I've debuted this week, VSN is getting some new podcasts into the mix to give every better the insights, tools, and confidence to make smarter betting decisions. VSN continues to expand its catalog of popular sports betting podcasts to cover every corner of the sports betting menu, no matter what sport you like or how experienced you are, you'll find a podcast that's perfect for you, like the VEASAN College Basketball Betting Podcast, which has some of the best college hoops analysts around, breaking down the lines, odds, and so much more. Tim Murray hosts three episodes a week with Matt Humans and Adam Burke as some co-hosts. You've got the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast that involves Danny Burke and NHL betting expert Andy McNeil. They cover everything twice a week. All these podcasts are free and available now over at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever your podcast has. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. And it's always great to be joined by Tanner Kern. Does great work over at DraftKings. One half of the Fade the Public podcast as well, which you're able to find that wherever you get your podcasts. And Tanner, let's take a look at some NBA action for this Wednesday. And a spot that I find to be very intriguing is this Heat versus 76ers game. It feels like I was breaking this game down a couple days ago. Oh, wait. That's because we were, but... It's a little bit of a flipping venue as now this game is going to be played in Miami and the 76ers currently find themselves as a one point road favorite. What are you saying on this game? Because it is a nice Jimmy Butler rivalry game as he used to be over there with Philadelphia. And I do find it very fascinating that the Miami Heat have really struggled at home. Meanwhile, they've been relatively solid on the road. 
Jimmy Butler's been tremendous from the field. He was 64% against the Sixers a couple days ago. So I expect him to be phenomenal. Philly's got to do a better job shutting him down, not giving him as many open looks. And he had a lot of open looks uh, all over the floor, which just can't happen. But the Sixers lost at home to the Heat by two points the other night. Now they have to go down to Miami. It's a pick em game. But I do like Philly in this one. Miami's defense played a huge role in the win. That's what we expect out of the Heat. They forced 20 turnovers. The Sixers can't turn the ball over seven more times times than their opponent uh, in this game. But I do like them at minus one here. They played relatively good on offense. They still shot well. Uh, the Heat were 40% from the three-point line. I don't see that happening again in this one. I think the Sixers take a step forward on offense, hopefully protect the basketball this time and get the job done. Very hard to beat a team in these semi-back-to-back -back games, which I don't know why the NBA necessarily scheduled it, but as a better, I always take a look at who won the first game. If the teams are pretty even, go the opposite way in the second game, especially when the Sixers are just the better team overall. Yep, I do think that the Sixers are the better team in this spot, and I just take a look at the fact that we've seen so many struggles at home from the Miami Heat as well, and that takes me off of them a little bit. And I know you mentioned it in the last segment, the fact that you're a guy that is out there in the Boston area. We were talking about the Red Sox. How about if we talk a little bit about the Celtics right now? I know that you've got a little bit of a future involving the Boston Celtics as well, but first let's take a look at the game that is on tap for Wednesday as they're going to be playing us to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers are a six and a half point underdog. What are you taking a look at in terms of Boston versus Cleveland? Because for the first time in seemingly an eon, the Boston Celtics are not in sole possession of the top record in the NBA. No, it's sad to say Milwaukee's right there with them. We're going to see that series in the postseason. I can't wait for it. It's going to be very, very fun to watch. But right now, let's hope the Celtics can get back on track. I'm going to lay the points here. Six and a half against the Cavaliers at TD Garden. The last time the Cavaliers came to TD Garden, I was actually present for that game. And it was one of the hardest to watch all season for me. Uh, they had a massive lead. They blew it in OT. They were absolutely dominated by Cleveland. Cleveland's 2-0 against Boston this year, but I think that trend runs out tomorrow night. Cleveland's 1-4 against spread in their past five games. And on the road, this team really isn't the same team that we've seen at home. Uh, they're 20-11-2 against the spread at home, but just 13-17 and 17 on the road. I'm also expecting a bounce back from Jason Tatum. He is the streakiest, Streakiest MVP candidate I think I've ever seen in my life. He was 11% from the three-point line against the Knicks, but I think he pressed a little bit too much because Jalen Brown was not on the floor for personal reasons. He had Brown back into the lineup. You put him with Jason Tatum, they're going to be a lot better. I think they, they're starting to work a lot better together than separate. So uh, look for that to be the difference maker here and look for the Celtics to cover six and a half. Yeah, it's been really interesting to take a look at the season of Jason Tatum, and it's been really interesting to take a look at the season of the New Orleans Pelicans as well. First, I know that you've actually got a feature on the Celtics as well. So before we go out west, what do you have in terms of your future that involves the Celtics? Because it's not necessarily on the team, but rather an individual that well has his fingerprints all over the team. So Joe Mazzulla to win coach of the year at plus 170 is still really good value. Depending on the book you're on, you probably get it at two to one. Uh, he's second in the coach of the year to Mike Brown, who's done a fantastic job with the Kings this season. This race is still close, though, so it is anyone's game. You're going to see uh, Brown closer to even money, but more, more around plus 130. Uh, when you look at Sacramento, we all expected them to fall off. I think people are still expecting them to fall off, but they are the third seed in the Western Conference right now. I just think Joe Mazzulla Zula's road was a little harder. 
it's harder to stay on top of the mountain when teams are you know coming at you every single night than a team with nothing to lose like the Kings who's just playing and trying to get better every single day. Missoula took over for Ime Adoka, and we all know that situation in September. He wasn't expecting to be the head coach, but he's fully stepped into that role. He's got the full-time head coaching job instead of the interim job now, and Boston's playing great. They're role players, their strength in numbers. This team plays with a lot of grit, and I think that's going to make the difference for them down the stretch and hopefully getting to the NBA Finals. So when I look at this, the Kings are going to be in the postseason. I expect Boston to make a deeper run, and that's really not going to hurt Joe Missoula to win Coach of the Year. So for plus 170 right now, I think it's great value. I do think it's interesting to take a look at this race because Mike Brown has been able to do a solid job with the Sacramento Kings. And I do think, especially if the Celtics are able to have that top record, which we were talking about a minute ago, that would be able to help out his chances as well. And for the Denver Nuggets, I recognize what Mike Malone has been able to do, but at the same time, I'm just sort of in there just because the entire West has been strange to say the least. And, it's been very strange to take a look at these two teams. The Portland Trailblazers are going to be playing us in New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, when they've had Zion Williamson, looked like one of the best teams out West, but he has been injured for quite a while. The team continues to receive bad news on that front, and the Pelicans, well, they have been sliding without him. Right now, we're finding the Portland Trailblazers as a two-point favorite. Tricky back-to-back spot here for Portland, but even with it, the New Orleans Pelicans at this point are not a team I really want to be betting on. I'm not sure if you're willing to take a shot with a team coming off of a back-to-back, but I take a look at the Portland Trailblazers, and I just think that they're flat out playing the better basketball right now. Yeah, this is a back-to-back, but it's also a must-win for Portland. We're getting to that point in the season when teams need to win basketball games, and you look at the play-in bracket right now, the Trailblazers and the Pelicans are going head-to-head, and they lost the Warriors tonight, which does not help them, so they better step it up against New Orleans. So I'm going to bet on that, knowing that they got to come in and win this basketball game. We can talk about the 71 points all we want. Damian's been sensational, but what are you going to get around him? Other guys got to step up and help put the Blazers on their backs instead of just Lillard because right now if he scores they win if he doesn't they're not getting the job done even when he scores sometimes they're not winning Uh, so I really need them to step up I think they do that against this New Orleans team who really doesn't have much left Uh, Zion's been hurt since January other guys are dropping like flies they have a lot of questionable players for Wednesday I would wait to see who's going to be in the lineup for New Orleans, but still, it's not really going to deter me from betting on Portland, even in the back-to-back spot. They need to win this game. They're at home. That's going to help them, and I think they get the job done. I do think so as well, and let's take a look at one more, a little bit more out east as we've got the Knicks. They're going to be playing us to the Nets, so the battle for the state of New York, and with the Knicks, they're between a six-half to a seven-point favorite, and the Knicks... They've honestly been significantly better, much like the Heat on the road, than they have been at home as well. The Nets have been able to show some great fight, but as we know, this is a team that got gutted from everything that we saw at the trade deadline. Where do you stand on this Knicks versus Nets game? Because I do think that there's a lot of fascination and there's a lot of question mark around both of these teams. Yeah, the uh, the Nets looked like they were in great shape at the half tonight against Milwaukee, and then the Bucks came out and just absolutely steamrolled them in the second half. That could be the case in this one as well. Knicks might have a tough fight early, and then they just come out and find a way to win. Brooklyn going to be in a back-to-back, as I said, but it's a home back-to-back, so that helps a little bit. Uh, The NBA is all about star power, though, and New York has a lot more of it than the newly pieced-together Nets. Losing Kyrie, losing KD has really hurt this team. Uh, Julius Randle's the do-all player for the New York Knicks. 
Uh, you have Jalen Brunson, who's a great addition. Who else on the Nets do you have that can rival that combo right there? And then when you look at recent results, too, uh, the, the KD and the Kyrie Nets actually beat the Knicks earlier in the season twice. And then the time they didn't have them, the Knicks beat them 124 to 106. So I see this game resembling that a little more. Knicks are hot right now. They should have a lot of momentum after that Boston win the other night where they held the Celtics to under 100 points. Jason Tatum looked like he forgot to shoot the basketball. I think Knicks bring that same defensive effort in this one and cover seven points. Well, Jason Tatum may have forgotten how to shoot the basketball, but Tanner, you never forget how to give great insights and just take a look at so many of the sports that we all know and love. You do a great job with football, basketball, baseball. You're a man that has become a five-tool player. I always do appreciate it, Tanner. Thank you so much. Greg, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Always great to get Tanner Kern aboard. Does great work over at DraftKings and the Faith the Public podcast. And in the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience, I give you guys my uh, my uh, DK Nation pick for college basketball here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. With the Arnold Palmer Open and UFC 285 this week, head on over to BetRivers Online Sportsbook. BetRivers has you covered for every blind odd and boost. For all the golf fans out there, BetRivers is a place to be to bet on the Arnold Palmer Open with top 10 insurance. Place your free journey bet on the outright winner. The fun does not stop there, though, but because BetRivers has you covered for a UFC 285 parlay insurance offer, and so much more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today as it's a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network for the night. Not forever, but for the night, and it was always, it was nice to be able to get Tanner Kern aboard, talking a little baseball, talking a little NBA, so we're covering all the sports tonight. We're going to be taking a look at some college basketball to be able to close up shop, just a little bit of a reminder, if you're listening live or if you're watching live on VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, what have you, coming up next, we got First Stripe. Dave Ross does a great job taking a look at all things on the fight card. And well, we've got a big UFC event that's going to be happening with John Bones Jones. And then if you're listening to a replay of all that we've got here at VEASAN and the Greg Peterson Experience, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, it's going to be Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. I'm sure that they've got an absolutely rambunctious show on tap. And on tap for you guys, hopefully we've got a rambunctious winner in college basketball. And hopefully, look with this CK Nation pick is better than the one that we got in the under of Iowa versus Indiana, where it got toasted due to a technical foul that should have never been called. A little bit salty about that. So we drown away our sorrows by taking a look at 699-700 on the betting board. Northwestern It's going to be playing us to Penn State. Penn State is between a three and a half to a four point underdog, and your total on this game is between one thirty four and one thirty four and a half. And right up here 
is going to be laying the points with Northwestern. We are not going to leave it into the hands of the refs to decide whether or not they're going to call a technical foul or not and a blowout. Hopefully, we're just going to pick the team that supplies the blowout. And for Northwestern, they've been able to do a tremendous job with their defense. And both of these teams do have some things in common. Both of these teams have been playing at a very slow pace as both of these teams outside the top three are in terms of total possessions per game. Neither of these teams have an overwhelming big man, but you got a Penn State team as very much looking to run it and gun it with their offense. Maybe not run it, but they're looking to gun it with their offense. That's for sure, because they are 10th of the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage. O overall, they are 25th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Northwestern, 23rd in the country in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, and they do a good job forcing turnovers. They are averaging a turnover on 21.1% of possessions. That's 33rd in the country. Now, Penn State, they do a nice job of making sure that they don't have wasted possessions. They are actually number one in the country in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. Northwestern has been very good at taking care of the ball as well. This team ranks 16th in the country in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. And you've got a pair of teams with the rocks all backcourt. Jalen Pickett has been incredible for Penn State. 17 points, seven and a half boards, seven assists, shooting nearly 40% from three-point range. And then you've got the Funk, as Andrew Funk is able to shoot right around 40% from three-point range. Seth Lundy is able to give you six boards. He shoots 40% from three, does a good job giving you a double-figure amount of points. But you've got Kiba Njai down low, is giving you like three and a half rebounds per game, and that's it. And while Northwestern, not necessarily lighting it up with regards to their rebounding. They're just inside the top 200 in terms of rebound rate. At the very least, they get more second chances than Penn State. Because in a homes or in a roadside shoot record environment, they get a rebound on just 15.6% of their misses. That is number 361 out of 363 D1 teams. Northwestern, they get a second chance on more around 25, 26% of their misses. So they do a better job of being able to generate those second chance opportunities. They do have quite a few guys that give you between, we're going to call it 4.4 and 5.6 rebounds per game as you've had Brooks Beheiser along with Matthew Nicholson, Ty Berry, all be in that fold. And Berry does a good job of being able to generate some turnovers. And then you've got Chase Odish, who's been able to give you 2.4 blocks per contest. That's a top 20 market all of college basketball. He and Boo Booey, great name, by the way. Maybe they able to combine for just under 32 points per game. These two guys have done a nice job of being able to dish out the rock as well. Boo Booey, right around four and a half assists per game. Odish has been able to give you about 2.8 assists per game. Both of these teams are very good at the free throw line, but where Northwestern has the edge, each out of your top five scores shoot at least 81.1% of the free throw line, and each out of your top four shoot at least 83% at the free throw line. Penn State is good at the charity stripe themselves, but they don't necessarily compare quite like that. It's a Northwestern team that sees a nice rise with regards to their defense when they're at home as well. Both of these teams actually have the exact same opener of split. Both of these teams give up 11.1 more points per 100 possessions when they leave home rather than when they are at home. So big time advantage for Northwestern being at home. A little bit of a disadvantage for Penn State being on the road. I do think that Northwestern going to be able to do a good job locking down with their defense, being able to create a few more turnovers than Maybe we're accustomed to seeing out of Penn State, and I do think that this is going to be a very low-possession game that is going to be a slog for both. So I did semi-total 134. Now that we're seeing some 134.5 start to populate, I'm going to be willing to take a look at one of those under. And with regards to the write-up, 
Maine Northwestern is six-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the three-and-a-half with them. And to be able to close up shop, how about if we take a look at some, shall we say, smaller conference games as we've got some conference tournaments that are going to be going down in more interesting places. I think that that's the best way of putting it. Like, I don't know, Bojangles Coliseum. That sounds delicious, by the way. I've never had Bojangles personally, but I would certainly love to try. I used to live in Wisconsin. No Bojangles out there. There's none out here in lovely Las Vegas. If Bojangles wants to send me a little bit of a sample, hopefully it is not like moldy and has been sent in the mail or anything like that. But that said, as long as it's not moldy or sent in the mail or anything like that, I'm willing to try it. But something else that we're going to be looking to try is find some winners out there in the Big South. 306, 559, 306, 560, high point. They hope to not be a low point. They're going to be playing against Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern is a one-point underdog with your total anywhere between 154 and a half and 155. Very interesting spot as you've got a pair of teams with dueling tempos as high point. Well, they are one of the highest points in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. They grip it. They rip it. They are 43rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game, though. I've noticed over the last month, they've seen a tempo shift. They're playing at about five possessions per game fewer than they did earlier in the season. Charleston Southern, this team does not play very fast. They've done a much better job of being able to cut down on the turnovers from past years, but it's a Charleston Southern bunch uh, in terms of total possessions per game. They are clocking in outside the top 250, so certainly a team that's looking to slow it down a little bit more as to be exact. They are right in the neighborhood of about 292nd, but for Charleston Southern, they do have a guy in Claude L. Harris who's been able to give the team 17.5 points per game, does a nice job doling out quite a few assists, but I do take a look at the flip side for high point, and I do think that Abdullah Thiam, who comes in from Minnesota, giving you 13.5 points per game, is going to be able to do a solid job on that front. And with Charleston Southern, they are also not going to be able to match up down low with Zach Austin. Austin is a six foot five, little bit of a do-it-all jitterbug player. He's able to give you two blocks per game, chips in their double-figure amount of points, five rebounds per game. Brian Randleman is going to be the best facilitator out there on the floor with right around three and a half assists per game. Ebenezer, as a booner, has also been able to give this high-point team right around six rebounds per game. And for Charleston Southern, you've only got one guy that really gives you north of five rebounds per game in Tajay Kelly. So I do think that that's going to be a big issue for a Charleston Southern team that has been a complete and utter sieve with their defense. Out of your 363 D1 teams, Charleston Southern, they are currently clocking in at 356th in the country in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis. Not to say that High Point has necessarily been the 2,000 Ravens with their defense. They're 291st in the country with this regard as well. But I do think that High Point going to be able to get it done in this spot. I do think that scoring is going to be going downward with this being a neutral court game as well. So it is a circumstance in which I did set High Point more around a three and a half point favorite. It is a High Point team as well. If you've got caution with this team, they shoot about 63% of the free line. That is a bottom 20 mark in all of college basketball. But even with that, I'm going to be riding with Charleston Southern in the spot. Set them as a three and a half point favorite. Somebody total at 149 and a half. I did mention it. You're seeing a little bit of a downward shift in terms of tempo with this high point team. So I'm also going to be taking a look at the under as well. And let's take a look at our pro tip here for the Greg Peterson experience. Visa.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort all of these by show and by sport. And we are talking some baseball season win totals on the show. I'm personally more of a game to game better. So I'm trying to take a look at these spots in spring training. 
Take a look at pitchers that are not necessarily getting in their full workload. Guys are stopping and starting in spring training like Zach Wheeler last year. He was a prime example of this where he wasn't necessarily able to get all of his starts in spring training. He struggled out of the gates. When you find guys that are getting in their full workload, you want to back them early. Guys like Zach Wheeler who aren't, you look to fade them early until they show signs of getting back to their normal selves. Two guys that are always normally very, very good and should be their normal selves. That would be Mitch Moss, Paul Howard. Follow the money. That comes your way. 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.